What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Crazy Face Who Know Podcast. I'm your host, Shane McNeely. Just a reminder, Crazy Face Uno is inspiring others to do good, make a difference in our local and global community. And it is my honor today to introduce to you Grace Paul. Welcome, Grace. Hello. Grace is joining us from Indiana via the phone. Uh, Grace is my youngest cousin. Yeah. Grace, you have two older sisters. Yep, they're twins. The twins, Jesse and Jackie. Five years older. Five years older. (laughs) Crazy. Yep. And you are, you've graduated high school. Yep, I am on my way to graduate with a psychology degree, bachelor's degree. Nice, nice. And... Let's see, you've got a few different little hobbies, right? Yeah, we um, are, we do truck shows, so our truck is probably our first hobby. Yeah. Um, our dog is like our child, so there's <laughs> that. We very much bonded um, over the fact that our dogs are, are like our children. Yes, because we don't have children. It's so. true, it's true. And um, Chance is, is obviously here, he's laying on the floor. Yeah. yeah, I shut the door because I knew Remy would be bugging me and definitely squeaking his <laughs> toys at me. So I was like, you can go outside for a minute. Yeah, and you're joining <laughs> us uh, kind of on your, I don't know what other way to say it, but kind of like your little lunch break almost. You have to be back yep. at work in a couple hours. Um, yeah. And you're squeezing it in. And I really appreciate that. Thanks for being here with us. Of course. Um, so outside of dog... Uh, and trucks and kind of working on trucks and your your vehicles any other hobbies or things you enjoy um I really like to I'm a caregiver obviously and yeah much like um Diane Ingle she was on here and Della Paul yep. that's my grandma my mom and my um, grandma yep yep and we're all caregivers and we're all fixers we all have that in common so yeah Definitely. Definitely. Family is family is uh, probably one of our um, strongest thing, like strongest connections. Really is. Yeah, absolutely. We have. um, I'm very, very close with my aunt Diane, which is Shane's mom. And yep. Yep. Um. Yeah. So we're really close, and we've gotten really close here lately too. So. Yeah. Family's a big thing for us. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Grace, you you're currently working uh what's the what's the what's your job title, I guess? Um, I am like a server at a assisted living home and here in Rochester it's called Winfield Crossing. Yeah. So I serve the residents and I mean a lot of it it's not just I mean, you say you're a server, but right. when you work with older people it's a lot more than just serving <laughs> them, it's taking care of them and Absolutely. But I love older people. <laughs> that's like my, that's where I need it. I'm an old soul, so. Absolutely. And that's it kind of speaks to your caregiving and also kind of speaks to your major psychology and yep. your, the future, kind of like where you kind of want to see your life go at this point in time. Yeah. Um, go ahead and 
would you tell us kind of about what your envision your life after you get your bachelor's degree and kind of what the future might hold for you? Yeah. So um, I'm looking at probably getting, I'm getting my master's. I just haven't decided whether I'm doing clinical or counseling. Right. Um, I'm mostly looking into like my absolute dream job would be to work alongside Alzheimer's patients or dementia patients and um, counsel them and their families um, because a lot of it isn't counseling for necessarily the patient themselves, but helping their families cope with the transition and being able to talk. I think that families, this is where families fall apart is when a loved one gets sick and, you know, we have, there's all these changes and we're yeah. trying to cope and no one's talking to each other. And yeah. so that's really where my heart lies is counseling with the families of dementia patients, because I, I love older people and that's where my, that's mm-hmm. where my love lies. So, well, and we have you and I and, and have, you know, firsthand um, experience in some ways with this, with, with our grandpa, um, who, and that's where, that's where it's, um, now I'm realizing more and more how, how essential this is, how essential this, that therapy, that counseling could be for families going through this is more and more now that we're seeing this with our own grandfather. Yeah. You, it's, it's honestly essential because, when times are tough and everything feels like it's you know you're seeing your loved one go yeah. through that you need you need someone to talk to more than ever yeah and it, and and that support just yeah. knowing it's there sometimes is is so huge i saw it when i was a caregiver um you know when i first moved to the twin cities in in minneapolis and mm-hmm. i saw it with the families there i mean we were caregivers for um you know, our clients and, and our elderly right. seniors that had dementia and Alzheimer's. But, you know, when the family stopped in and the family was there that was taken care of, so often those conversations uh, came about and just kind of some of their struggles and just being available to talk, I think, was just huge. So, um, yeah, I definitely, I second that that is a need that is definitely um, crucial for people that are experiencing, you know, a family member, a loved one that's going through that. So that's really cool. I, I'm excited for you. I think that as we continue to talk, your story is really going to um, make sense to a lot of people. I think it's going to really resonate with a lot of people um, that have gone through, you know, maybe some of the the challenges of just life in general. Um, right. And, and, and that's loving where, your family. And, yeah. That's where we, Shane and I had previous conversations about the, um, just it's my if my story could help anyone like that's where that's where I'm at and um if my you know I'm I'm on Instagram I'm on Facebook I'm on Twitter yeah and always posting like it's okay to not be okay like if you know someone sees that and you you just help them that one day yeah get through that one day that's that's more than enough to be satisfied with I feel like in life is if you help someone. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, yeah, we definitely have that in common because that's that's what I want to do too. Uh, I want to help people. And, you know, there's different specialties or different areas of life that we can all help people. And sometimes just helping people um, 
it seems like this grandiose thing, but it doesn't have to be, and it doesn't need to be. Right. The simple, it's okay to not be okay, or the simple smile, the simple thank you, the simple, uh, you know, gift of gratitude or appreciation to someone is is huge and can make the biggest difference in someone's life. And I'm sure you see that at, you know, the assisted living place that you work in. Sometimes just the gratitude of something simple that an, a, a person, a human being needs and, and wants and needs help with and, and just helping with. Yeah, and you see that more. You see it as I feel like as, as we are young, we don't see it as much in ourselves that we need all this care. We don't need that. But yeah. as you get older, you become so you're lonesome you've you know you're your life you know what's coming with your life and you see it more I see it more and more in my line of work and just a simple smiling face and you know like always being cheerful that means the world to them and making sure that they feel like their needs are met and that you have cared for them a hug you don't know what a hug means to them yep yep Exactly. And that's just, I, it's not the big, it's not the big gestures in life that mean the most. It's the hug or how are you doing and staying yeah. in touch. That's what means the most. Yep. It's a uh, love as the core yep. and, and just kind of sharing that love in whatever way that looks. And um, yeah, that's really beautiful. You've kind of t- touched on it. I, I don't think that it's going to be much of a shocker here. Uh, with what you're going to say, but I want to ask the question, why counseling? Um, I have went through counseling myself for, um, I did counseling when I, my parents first got a divorce, mm-hmm. um, kind of got away from it for, I mean, that was just, I think that that was something that families did at the time when something like that happened, you did that for your kids. Yeah, and that was your first introduction to, you know, counseling right. therapy. And it wasn't, it's not that it was a bad experience with counseling. It was just that set the tone for me to know that we need good counselors. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I went to um, a state-funded counseling center. Nothing wrong with that. Um, it was just... uneducated I think and that was where when I finally as I think I was uh, started again in middle school when I realized that I had anxiety yeah and um started seeing a therapist then yeah and that was when I I really realized that therapy is so crucial whether you have anything wrong with you or not yeah therapy is so crucial and just having someone to talk to yeah and that meets that it meets a need and um that's where i kind of i had a very amazing counselor pam waterson here and she's out of logansport okay and um she works at the hospital and she she really set the tone for a good counselor. Yeah. And she made me realize that that's what I wanted to do with my life. That she, I saw, she was talking to me about it and the, about how I have a big heart and 
you know, I could really help some people. And I was like, yeah. after that conversation, I knew like that was what I wanted to do. And not many people can say that. Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. I, the common theme of just people that I have on this podcast is um, just the big heart, the empathetic heart. And mm-hmm. I see that so much in you. You like, it's really cool. I feel, okay. I feel like our conversation on my way down to Florida mm-hmm. has really opened the door for you and I and our relationship and, and our friendship. I'm so much older than you and I always have been. And it's just hard to relate to people sometimes until it, there's like a separation, you know, like always thinking of you right. as a kid or always thinking of you mm-hmm. as this little girl. And, right. um, you know, we don't, we've not lived in the same state for a really long time and since you were really tiny and it's just kind of, kind of cool to see how we've been able to stay in touch just in the, it's been what, two weeks? (laughs) Um, but really to see you as a young woman that's growing and maturing and trying to figure out life. And I, I recognize so many of the things that you're going through now that I've experienced in some ways in my life. And, um, I really appreciate again, you being on here. One of the things that we really wanted to focus on that you've talked about is mental health. And you've touched on this a little bit. I obviously want to tell your story. I want you to tell your story, um, in whatever capacity or whatever way you want to. Mm -hmm. Um, so let's go back. You, you mentioned it, I've mentioned, you know, like the beginning of when you first entered, were introduced to counseling, but mm-hmm. um, your parents' divorce has really been one of the beginnings. So it'd be my uncle, um, Uncle Stephen, that, that's my my mom's brother, and then mm-hmm. your mom, Tammy. Yes. And, and when they went through this divorce, um, I think it's really where maybe the beginning of your story that we could start to tell. Um, yeah. So whatever you want to kind of start off with or kind of um, get into your so, story a little bit. Yeah. So um, I remember, I think I was in first grade, if I am remembering correctly. And I just, we, I just knew that we weren't, they weren't living together anymore or whatever. Yeah. Um, but it was never talked about, you mm-hmm. know, um, it was, I think it was talked about to my older sisters because sure. they were older yeah and so um i like i didn't understand because i i was a younger but i think if that would have been um discussed with me you know or maybe had a conversation about it and maybe there was and i just i don't remember sure but i think that that was when i kind of felt like um, so my whole anxiety and depression, basically my fault is I am not good enough or I am a disappointment of some sort. That's kind and of the thing that you tell yourself or the thing that kind of That's, yes, repeats. that is like the main, like the center of my anxiety yeah. or like, you know, you beat yourself up and we all, I we've talked about this and we both we both go through that and yeah um, i think a lot of people do 
Yes. And I think that this world is very, it's very hard and cruel and we ha- live in such a cruel world and you you feel like you have to meet these milestones and you have to do this and you have to do that. Yeah. And so when you don't reach these goals and you're just one step behind, it's like, wow, you're a failure, you know, mm-hmm. because you didn't, you did not do that in this certain amount of time yeah. or you didn't do that or you couldn't do that. And it's, so it's crazy um, how we put those pressures on ourselves, though, because yeah. I, I don't think that, I mean, it's so easy to say and it's so easy to see. It's harder to put into practice because I look at that and I'm like, just take your time, take it one day at a time, you know, but I do the same thing to myself. So Mm -hmm. it's, it's a weird battle or this weird, like give and take. Um, Yeah. And and you can know the, the right answer and know the difference. This is at least for me, like I, there's so many times that I, I hear these like negative self-talk or this negative talk in my head, Mm -hmm. but it's one thing to hear it and know the response or know the correct answer, but to actually like accept it or mm-hmm. to. And it's not that, um, the pressure lies within us. It's not necessarily society, but it is society because yeah. we have been, re- we have been conditioned to who we are, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And so a lot of it is learned behavior. Yep. Or and so it's just that that's how I w- I heard that. You know what I mean? Like that's not just something yeah. that just popped up in my head randomly. Sure. That was something that you know, as a child you you know, you, you got to get better grades. You got to do better sure. in sports, you know. And so I think that that's when children start to develop these, you know, I got to be this, I have to be this, I, I need to get this done in a certain amount of time. Mm -hmm. And we put these pressures on ourselves, and then it's conditioned. And now we're here, we're, we're adults. And we're like, dang, you know, I should, I should (laughs) have had that done already, or I should be this, or I should be that. And, um, it's so much the perspective of it though, you know, yeah. um, because I, I don't know that other people, I think people do it unintentionally, mm-hmm. but I don't think that people really like, I don't look at grace. Can I tell your age? Is that okay? Yeah. You're 19. Yep. 19. You are really close due to some other, some difficulties that you're having um in part of this like you were ready to graduate next year within the year yep and so i i just i say that because you're almost 20 years old you're not even 20 yet and you almost have a bachelor's degree which is way ahead of the curve so give yourself a little grace yeah (laughs) um but like yeah i mean intended right no pun intended (laughs) or pun intended either way um but no, like, it's just funny how I can hear you say these things, but I also know, like, man, you're you're ahead of the curve and you're doing so well. Like, you really are. There's no timetable. And, yeah, but, and, you know, I'm very great. I'm, I am grateful that I've been 
I have pushed myself. I'm grateful for that. I'm, and I'm grateful for the compliments mm-hmm. and I'm grateful for the, I'm grateful for the things in life. Um, it's just, you know, like we said, it's like that little devil sitting on your shoulder saying, yeah. come on, what are you going to do? Yeah. When are you going to make your move? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, so your parents, um, yeah, your parents went through this divorce. Yeah, um, and I think I kind of thought that that was not necessarily my fault, but... You're searching for just, answers as a, as a young yeah, girl. Yeah. And, and um, then uh, my sisters, they were getting... They were... Uh, let's see. They were in middle school mm-hmm. when this happened, I believe. Because I used to... I used to like panic like that I I had to see them because I I miss them. Yeah. Like it was like this panic. And um the girls really sorry, I don't want to get emotional. But <laughs> no, it's it's totally okay. The girls really took care of me. Yeah. During those times. Yeah. And um Sorry. No, you're okay. They were um some like they were the best things that could have been, you know, having those older sisters were the best things that I could have ever asked for. Absolutely. Yeah. Again, the, you know, to speak back to just some of the importance of family to you and I and um you know, and I I don't I want to obviously we're having a very uh, vulnerable conversation. Right, right. Um, and we're talking about how important your sisters were and important that they are. And I think it's important to state, like, you have a good relationship with your mom now. And, yes. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I know that Thanks, fam- family you is know, important. Family is has been very. important. And you love your family. You love your mom. You love your dad. You love your sisters. You love, you love our family very much. And so I want to make sure that that's out there right um that we're not beating up on people we're not right (laughs) we're just telling the story and and the from your perspective Um, and the um the the whole concept of my story is the anxiety and depression that i now face i mean daily yeah i mean that's a that's a fight for me more Mm -hmm. than anything yeah and so, um, I think that the being disappointed in myself or not being good enough stems from like the divorce and just certain things that, you know, like my, my father not always wanting, having, not always wanting to have something to do with me and stuff like that leads to the anxiety and the depression. Mm-hmm. And I could actually tell you the exact time I realized that I had anxiety because I had a, and this is where I know that I can't be told that I'm a disappointment because it sends me into a panic attack. That's, um, the word disappointment is really, I can say it myself, but it's a really hard thing to hear from others. Yeah. And, um, I had a basketball coach we ate this is the stupidest thing but we actually 
we were having a pizza party or something. And we ate the pizza before he got into the room. And um, he came in and he was so mad at us. So mad at us. And he said, you all are a disappointment to me. And then that that right there, and I looked up to this coach so much because Mm -hmm. basketball, I mean, that basketball had been such a big part of my life when I was younger. And so that sent me into a full-blown panic attack. I mean, (laughs) it was insane. And I had never, never had a panic attack like that that I could ever remember. Yeah. And I I couldn't breathe. It was just so heavy. I thought I was going to pass out. Yeah. And all the other girls were just like, why are you, why is this so upsetting to you? Yeah. And it took me a long, long, (laughs) it took me a long time to figure it out. But the being a disappointment, that just killed me. Yeah. That just, you know, that is what I could not live with being a Mm. disappointment. And that is the day that they had to actually call my mom, (laughs) call my mom to the school. Yeah. um, Because I couldn't get calmed down. Yeah. And then I went to my pediatrician and he was like, I think that you have anxiety. This is, yeah, this is a, I think that this was a panic attack. I think that you have anxiety. And you know, I never once thought about anxiety. Right. I or really like understand total, what it means. I mean, yeah, I, I was in total shock because I was like, how can I have anxiety? Yeah. How could that? I'm a kid. Right. How does that happen? Mm-hmm. And um, then I was prescribed my first antidepressant, and I think I, w- I was in eighth grade. Eighth grade. My first antidepressant. Yeah. So that right there was when I started to realize, like, this this problem is bigger than me. Yeah. Um, and maybe started and, your exploration a little bit, yeah. you know, of talking with people and kind of figuring out like what are the root causes so and understanding. Oh, I yeah, was so, so embarrassed. Yeah. I just thought, why does I? Why do I have to be any more different than yeah. I already am? I mean, I, I've never been like a small girl. Obviously, I've never been. I've you know, I've always been different. And I thought, good lord, how can I be more different? Yeah, are you kidding me? Yeah, in a, in a world where you just wanted to Fit have in. value and yeah. be be valued and and have a, be appreciated, be loved, and um, you now had one other thing that kind of set yourself apart from everyone else. Right. <laughs> yeah, I can and- relate to that too. I mean, my it, it's funny as I've gotten older. Um, one of the things that I remember as a kid. So full disclosure, I, I've talked about it, how I plan to and I want to, um, but I haven't. Um, I haven't been to a therapist. I haven't talked to anybody. Um, it's something that I want to do, something I plan to do. Um, I'm sure that I will talk to you all more about it once I do. Um, however, I wanted to maybe just tell one of the first things that I remember that I look back now and I go, oh, this was my anxiety. I would multiple times, I don't. I was, I had to have been 
you know, it would have probably been like second, third, fourth grade, maybe a little older than that, somewhere between like probably second and <laughs> uh, fifth grade, I would suppose, mm-hmm. would be when I remember I would wake up in the middle of the night and I'd be like, oh, I didn't do my homework or I forgot to do this one sheet, you know, or this one worksheet or whatever I need to do. And I would be in this like full blown, like anxiety attack in some ways where my heart's beating really fast and I'm like mm-hmm. freaking out and I'm laying there and I had to just turn on the light and my, it was, I, I know that there was multiple times that it happened and it was generally between like three and 4 AM and I'd mm-hmm. wake up and I'd have to do that. Like I'd just get the worksheet done and I'd lay back down and go back to sleep. Um, or sometimes I'd fall asleep, like trying to do my, <laughs> do that last little bit of my work or whatever. Um, but I just remember that heart racing, panic feeling. Um, oh, it's just it was terrible. But that's one of my first recollections recollections of like anxiety. And I think anxiety. that people will always i I think you'll always remember. You know, like that that for me has stuck out. So I mean, since when I went to the doctor that day, and I that has stuck out to me more than. Mm-hmm. you know the then the overcoming some of my anxiety it that right there is like I could not be, I just could not believe that you know something so so not not a big deal to others mm-hmm. made me just flip out I mean, yeah yeah it was insane and I think that those are the things that you'll remember and you'll look back on and yeah. you'll definitely, that's like, that's the main part, like big part of my story, you know, is mm-hmm. I remember that day very vividly. I remember, I can honestly probably tell you the piece of pizza I was eating when he said it. <laughs> yeah. Was, it's that light bulb I mean, moment of, yes. oh, well, and for me, I mean, it's been recent. It's been within, within 2019 that I, I realized that like, oh, I've always had some of this anxiety stuff. Like, mm-hmm. it's just part of part of me. And, you know, we've talked about this too, that when you look at our family and you look at my mom, you look at my dad, you look at my grandma, you look at, you look at probably your dad and your mom and you look at some of these things. And I think some of it's, it's, it's in our blood, you know. Mm-hmm. We, it was always mass growing up as, oh, my mom's a worrier. She's a worry yep. or my grandpa, worry my grandma. Yeah, I'm a worry wart, you know, or I, I worry about you guys. Like I'm, I constantly, and, and you get it in some ways, like, mm-hmm. like, yeah, you're my mom. You care about me. You, you know, all these different things or you're my grandma. Of course you care about me. You know, you're worried about all these different things, but I think they've, they've dealt with it differently. Um, yep. And now as we've gotten as times kind of begin to changing, change, we're changing. yeah, and just having we're words for it. We're talking about mental illnesses, and it's okay. Yeah, it's okay to not be okay. Yeah, and that's my my main thing that I tell people. I say all the time when someone's having a bad day, it is okay. Yeah, to be okay, be or to not be okay. Yeah, because you know you have. At some point in your life, you're not going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And everyone goes through it. I don't care who you are. Right. You go through the, I'm not okay. I'm just not. 
Yeah. And, you know, and it's okay to ask for help you, in those right. moments. And that's, and that's when, part of half the battle. Um, and sometimes I think that you, you know, you as a kid and having that experience as a kid may have been one of the best things for you, you know? Yeah. Um, that then it was something you could figure out and, and it was somebody helped you get help. Right. Um, and as I get older and I see myself, it's, I have help. I have my wife that is more than willing to, you know, she's been encouraging me and urging me to, to see a counselor, to see a therapist and to talk to somebody myself. Um, but it's, it's harder to recognize that you're not okay, to mm-hmm. admit that you're not okay. And then a whole nother thing to admit that you need help. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, exactly speaking to what you're saying it's okay to be okay, not okay, and mm-hmm. and to figure those things out. You talked about how you that was the first time you were put on an antidepressant. Mm-hmm. Um, I know that you've had a varying degrees of um, you know some of the different medications that you have been on have helped and haven't helped. What's been that process? What's that process been like for you? It's been like one of the hardest, honestly. Because you're looking for, you're not looking for a cure. You're looking for something to get you through the day. Mm-hmm. I always say, I just need something. Please just get me through the day. Yeah. So finding um, a medication that I'm just going to be blatantly honest. It's you have all these side effects to different medications. Yeah. And, um. I was I was put on two by my pediatrician when I was younger. Yeah. And he finally said, like, I don't I don't feel comfortable prescribing you any more antidepressants because I don't know what I don't know what else to do because he said I need you need to be have test run and all these other ones, I don't, I don't want to prescribe you. Basically, as a pediatrician, I don't want to be liable for the side effects you may yeah. have. What so are some I of went, the side effects that that you've been told um, or experienced or whatever? What are what are some of those? Um, you know um, that are just like obviously risk of. Um, you could have the opposite effect. You have more anxiety. You have yeah. more depression. Um, risk of suicide with all of them. Mm-hmm. Risk of... Um, oh, there's just... I mean, the, the side effects almost outweigh the good because... But you take a chance. I mm-hmm. mean, you take the chance because you're... I'm willing to do anything yeah. just to feel better. When you, you know. when you've, uh, you know, when you've been on some of these different medications, what are some of the positive effects you've experienced? Like what, how do you, how can you, would you be willing or able to kind of, um, help us understand how it's helped you and maybe yeah. the feelings in which it's helped? For sure. So I, um, my first antidepressant I was ever on kept me at like a, I never had high highs. I never had low lows. Yeah. You know what I mean? It 
kept you at on a like a just a straight line. Yeah. Um, and that worked for a while, but as you know, the medicines eventually, I mean, your dosages, you need to up your dosage. You need to, or you might need to switch to something. Well, after I started, I think that was Zoloft. Don't quote me on that, but I think it was Zoloft and I didn't have the, I was, I was doing really good. I really was, but then came the depression and, um, you have that first love of, you know, the love of your life. I wouldn't say that, but the first person that you really think that this, you might love. And I was in high school and, um, I started to have panic attacks because we had just broke up Mm -hmm. and I started to have panic attacks that I wasn't good enough. That's why this relationship did not work out. Mm. I wasn't good enough. And um, I walked down the high school stairs and I actually had to leave school that day because I about passed out because I couldn't eat. Yeah. And I, I about passed out and I had to leave school because I was so worked up and so anxious and so distraught that I was doing something wrong. Mm-hmm. And I really didn't focus at that point in time. I, I don't really remember focusing on I'm a kid and I'm in high school, you know. Right. Um, I think that I was seeking that um, support, maybe that that male support that I didn't have or something like that. I yeah. don't know what yeah. I was going through. And then um, I got put on another medication to control the anxiety to help with panic attacks. Mm -hmm. Um, Started seeing a therapist, started working through that. Well, then I got back with the same same person. Um, And really, um, that was when I started having the suicidal thoughts. I remember thinking, if he breaks up with me again, I, I'm going to kill myself. Like, those were the thoughts. Yeah. And How old were you I, at this time? Do you remember? 16, 17. Okay. And plus, I have the high school pressure of not fitting in because I am way, way too mature. <laughs> I was way too mature for my own good. Mm-hmm. Um, so I never fit in because I, I didn't do the partying. I didn't do this or I didn't do that. So I didn't fit in. Yeah. Um, you hadn't made those bonds with some of the people. Right. That maybe and had. I had focused too much on this relationship. I had focused way too much on it. I had lost friends over this and yeah, I just thought there was no coming back from it. You know, there, mm-hmm. I've this guy that I had really, I really liked him. I thought he was the love of my life for real. And now looking back on it, I, I literally laugh because hindsight's always 2020. (laughs) I, Kyle and I talk about this too. I literally laugh because a man should never treat you that way. Yeah. And no one, no one, not even a man, 
no one should treat you that way. Yeah. And just so that everybody knows, Kyle is your boyfriend or partner now. Yes. Yes. And, you know, just looking back on that, I thought, how dumb would I have been to have ended my life over something so stupid? That's, and it's not though. It really wasn't stupid at the time. Like that was a real thing. And yeah. That was when, you know, I started to realize some things about me that I was like, I need help. This yeah. is too much to where I'm, I look at a telephone pole and I think, you know, is this it? Because I could really just, I would much rather die than live this life. Yeah. And that's when it got serious for me because I was scared of my own thoughts. So I started... I had already been in counseling, and um, I went to a, got referred to a psychiatrist and started some new medication. Yeah. And once I got this individual out of my life and I worked through the some things on my own, I had to work on myself and not care what others thought because I wasn't like them. I had to accept the fact that I wasn't like them. And that's when I really started to work through some of my some of my past emotions and past feelings and resentment towards different people and I really started to focus on the bigger picture. Yeah. And that was my life my I needed to be here. I was made to be here and I have a reason to be here. Yeah. And, um, you know, we had, I had a friend that committed suicide and I saw the heartache Mm -hmm. that it left behind. I really saw the heartache and I didn't want to do that. Yeah. I couldn't, I didn't want to do that to, well, my sister's. Right. I couldn't do that to them. Mm-hmm. I know that 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 moment. I know we we've, we've talked about or you've told the story to me, and um, you know, share as much as you want, and don't share whatever you don't want to. But I know that that really did, and you kind of spoke to it. But that your friend and uh, their suicide was was really big for you. Yeah, um, because I. I had thought about it myself and, you know, I had never, ever spoke to it. I had never told people that, mm-hmm. that I had thought about that. And so, you know, when you're hanging out with someone and they, they jokingly say like, ha ha, I'm going to, I would just kill myself. Yeah. And you think you, you know, your kids. Yeah. And so when it really happened and, and we all kind of looked back and, I just was kind of just felt a fool, you know, I just felt like I'm so dumb to not realize different things that had been going on at our school. Um, They didn't know how to handle this suicide. Yeah. Um, That the counselors didn't know how to what to do. I mean, you had kids bawling their eyes out and no there was no comfort there was nothing there was it was so cold and it was um i my i watched my friend literally just she was just 
almost screaming. And I could never get her voice out of my head about, about the things she was saying. And I thought to myself at that point that I had to help people. I had to help people. And I, my, I needed to live. That's really, and that was my junior year of high school. Yeah. Yeah. And how much, and I, how much time really passed uh, before you realized the direction of psychology and counseling? Was it pretty shortly after that? Yeah, pretty shortly after that when I saw the how uneducated our school school counselors and how uneducated our the faculty was and no you know they were you had no clue they had no clue how to handle this situation they had no clue the pain and suffering that was going on and i thought to myself like how can you you're watching these children we're children we're 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 not innocent but we are children and we have all this life to live and you're sitting here watching us cry some of us are screaming crying yeah and you don't know what to do yeah you don't know what to do and that's when i really you know started thinking like psychology might be for me and yeah i was and then i heard you know you hear the oh, you're going into psychology. Well, what are you going to do with that? <laughs> yes. And you, you hear it, and you're like, wow. Right. And and then you... You almost, <laughs> almost want to say, are you ignorant? Because yeah. we have such a need for that. Yeah. This world, we are changing so much, and we, we now we talk about mental illness. Mm-hmm. And well, and I think that's what's so cool about, you know us having this conversation, um, your willingness to tell your story and kind of talk about this a little bit. Um, because you, you recognize at such a young age of something that was missing. And instead of the, what was me? It's like, this is the direction you took action. And I really value that. And I know that our, mostly your generation, the millennial generation that's kind of coming up, is it, it chances sneezing um <laughs> but uh really get a bad rap for this entitlement and you know it's present and it's not awesome but i really mm-hmm. i really think it's cool that you you know that you actually took action and you you did something about it and um and you're doing something about it you're you're having this conversation you're you've sought help um you know you're you're medicating the best of your ability. Um, you know, you're, you're doing everything right. And, and it's not, it's not easy. Like I don't want to, I don't want it to sound like a, you know, it, it just came easy. I mean, sure. There were, there were multiple, you know, days where it's harder than others. I mean, yeah. my and I'm Kyle, sure that that's still the case today, yeah, and I know to it this is. Day. Yeah, and you know, I always say like Kyle, he's a godsend because <laughs> um, there's been days where I was like, I'm not getting out of bed today. I yeah. can't. 
Yeah. I just can't do it. I can't get out of bed because I am a failure. I I feel as though that like I just can't. Yeah. And he has told me, get up. Come on, we're going. We're going to do this. What will make you feel better? And it's it's hard for him, I know, mm-hmm. because he doesn't struggle with it. And um, yeah, I've I... had relationships in the past where they say I, I have been told that I am a psycho or you need to get you need to get it together mm-hmm. and when until you truly realize that it that it's me this is part of me and take it or leave it and in the fact that someone can stand by your side knowing all the struggles you have and how hard it's going to be to be with you <laughs> yeah i mean that's what truly makes I mean, our relationship is far from perfect, and like I I put on Twitter, I said, if you, like, relationships are hard. You are taking two completely different people, you're putting them together and seeing if it works, and Mm -hmm. you put trust, and you have faith, and yeah, relationships are hard, and, you know... Just in and of themselves. Yeah. (laughs) Just a relationship, period. (laughs) Having someone that has these issues and you being able to be okay with that. Yeah. That sometimes sometimes Grace isn't going to get out of bed and sometimes um, she's going to bawl her eyes out because she's a crier (laughs) and just stuff like that. Boy, we get that on us, don't we, girl? (laughs) Literally. And so, you know, you got to look at things and think, you know, be thankful for the people you do have during your, during your issues, because Mm -hmm. those are the people that matter and those, everyone matters, but those are the people that matter most to you. Yeah. The people that show up, the people Mm -hmm. that, whether they understand or get it or can really empathize with, we're in this together. Yeah, That's we're what in this I together. always say. We're in this yep. together. Absolutely. And I uh, take it one day at a time. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm currently on two different medications, and that's more than I ever, I thought I would never, I just wanted to be off of medications because yeah. I had I had terrible side effects with one of my medications, and I never wanted to be on them. Yeah. Ever again. And, and that's understandable. Here, it is. And here I am and I I take I do take I take a morning pill and that's to as an upper that gets me out of bed basically yeah. and I take something at night so I can unwind because if I don't I sit there and think about every single thing I didn't do that day or yeah. every single thing that I I might have messed up or mm-hmm. and it's okay like that's okay for me and sit, being able to I mean put put this on a podcast and say yeah I'm on two antidepressants but <laughs> yeah I mean it's okay it is it's, okay if that's what makes me you know, who I am or if that's what makes me get out of bed and 
be able to go work a job and get through school and help others, then it's okay. Yep. It really is. Absolutely. Grace, I know one thing that, you know, you and I have had several conversations about this, I guess, uh, since we sat down, but, and talked on my way through, um, to Florida, but we, something that has really been helpful for me and I, I hope it's been helpful for you, but I challenged us both because we both have a little bit of a negative self-talk and we've got some of that stuff going on and you've talked about it, but twice a week, we're going on two weeks strong now um, Mm -hmm. of just challenging each other to text. I'll text you or you'll text me back or whatever. And and we have to say one thing that we like about ourselves. And it's been good because it forces me to actually like, oh, I got to do this. And I want to I want to not only be there for you, but I I know that it's important for me to take those steps and to just love myself a little bit more. And And I think that it's it's been very helpful for me because I have to sit there and I kind of have to think a little bit. I mean, yeah, but. I mean, here we're only going on two weeks, but it's come pretty natural because there are things to love about each and every one of ourselves. Yeah. And And I think it's going to be really interesting. I've thought about this a lot of how, you know, we we are pulling the little low-hanging fruit things. And sometimes it's things that I recognize just as I'm going through my day. I'm like, oh, I'm going to text Grace that, you know, because like that is a strength of mine. It's something I'm good at. It's something I like about myself. Um but I, I think that we're going, we're going to have to dig deep at some point in time. And mm-hmm. these little shallow things that, you know, sometimes are just like the low hanging fruits that are easy for us to kind of pull on, I think right now. But I think that there's going to come a time that we're going to have to dig a little deeper and probably have a little more of a conversation at, at times. And I think that's cool. I think that's okay. But I, what I love about it is the A, it's accountability. Um mm-hmm. And we both have some skin in the game, you know, Mm -hmm. and I really want to encourage people uh, that are listening. If, if you've got some of these same things, if, if anything that we've talked about resonates with you and maybe you don't love yourself, um, maybe you've got the negative self-talk going on, find somebody, find somebody to hold yourself accountable with. Um, reach out to, reach out to me, reach out to crazy face who know, you know, the phone number, the email, um, you can message me on Facebook, on Instagram, whatever you want to do. Um, but let us know, let us know. Maybe if it's just, you want to hold yourself accountable, maybe we can have a little support group. I don't know. Let's see what comes of it, but find somebody. It, It doesn't have to be a stranger. It can be somebody, you know, um, it doesn't have to be somebody that's going through it. It can just be a friend that understands and um, it can be a parent. It can be whoever. It could be yourself. Maybe you just journal about it. Whatever it is, start speaking truth into yourself. Um, the challenge is twice a week. Write it down. Uh, text it. Call somebody. Um, whatever that might look like. But there's people that care. You know, Grace and I both were here. We care. Mm-hmm. And uh, if we can, we can play a part in your story and play a part in finding that love within yourself, 
we would love to be a part of that. So um, yeah, and we're I'll be sharing this on my pages, my social media pages as well. So I mean, yeah, any anyone, I mean, you can contact me. Um, I'm always I feel like everyone <laughs> contacts me when things aren't going right, and I am perfectly fine with that because yeah. that's I mean that, that I get pure enjoyment. I yeah, mean, a little purpose in talk, your life and being able to talk to someone and you know really say hey listen we're gonna get through this how can we get through this what do we do yeah and i think that that's where shane's been the best best part of of what's happened to me here recently and um we also got to talk about some really deep things that you know happened to me and that has helped me more than anything i think yeah. Is um just talking, being, letting go of it. And being able to talk to a family member and say, "Listen, I can't do it anymore. Uh-huh. Like I can't." And I feel like uh, especially with my aunt Diane, like we have worked through so much because Yeah. I think that a lot of things and and I every family has it. Mm-hmm. I think that you don't understand you don't understand what they're meaning when they say something and sometimes that might come off as hurtful but I finally got to have a conversation with her and with Shane they were both there that I have never said out loud before yeah and just letting her and Shane know like this is where I'm coming from yeah and it does you know, take it or leave it, but this is what where I'm coming from. And so I think that that's where we have really connected because I've said things to my Aunt Diane and Shane that I have never said before. Yeah. Um, that's what family's for. That's what, for that's, what, that's what we're here for. That's what mm-hmm. love is all about. That's what family's for. That's what friendships are for. And it's, I don't take those things lightly. Um, I don't take a conversation that we're even having today lightly. Um, Mm -hmm. I really appreciate just the, the conversations because I think at least for myself, I'm an external processor. I, I like to talk shocker. Um, but I, I can't when I hold those things in when I when I don't let go of them when I don't speak them into existence mm-hmm. it's so heavy mm-hmm. um and that it just rolls in my head it just that those scenarios and the different mm-hmm. ways it just rolls over and over and over in my head and so um even our conversation I I've talked about it so many times just conversations with Dana and my wife and um like, well, when I was talking with Grace or Grace and I were talking that, you know, that one night and, um, you know, we're doing this or whatever. And, and just as much as you're saying that it's it's helped you in, in speaking those things that you've never talked about, um, it was for me, too. And I don't know. I I, I think and it's so And that's where huge. the therapy comes in, folks. <laughs> <laughs> that's where it comes in. Yes. And... Um, you know, I I think that if you're holding on to something that needs to be said to someone, and I 
yeah, I come off, I, I have this kind of rough, rough personality. I mean, I got tattoos and, you know, I drive a truck. So everyone thinks <laughs> I'm just some rough girl. Yeah. But, you know, they're, I'm not, you got to get to know me. I have a tough exterior, mm-hmm. but I, I love to love. So, Absolutely. you know, that's where I think, um, you know, I, everyone says, well, she's standoffish or it's not that I'm standoffish. You just, you got to open up. We all got to open up. And well, Grace, don't you think it, that some of that comes just even in our conversation of, mm-hmm. um, like you said, you're, we haven't got into it too much, but there's been a lot of things throughout your life where people haven't been there. Um, right. that needed and, to be and should have been. And um, I think that when you see those things and then you wonder why people aren't so open to just let people into their life. Um, right. Why, why would you, why shouldn't you be standoffish? I, and why I try sh- to explain, you know, I don't need to explain myself, but you got to understand that I don't want to say that I grew up in chaos, but I kind of grew up in chaos. I mean, there was a lot going on at one time. Mm -hmm. And I, I almost felt like I was in the middle of it. And then I was, I was kind of talked about like, she's young. She won't understand. Like I heard that so many times, like she's young. She won't remember. She's young. She won't understand. Yeah. And those were the some of the most crucial times. I mean, you're growing so much. I, that was my, I was in first grade, and you your children really grow a lot yeah. during that time and up through high school. And I don't think people, you know, I love my family. I truly do, but I don't think you understand that when I I almost felt like I was taught to be seen and not heard Mm. you know what i mean and like not express how i was feeling because there's bigger problems we got bigger problems you know yeah and so i don't think that you i talked a, a lot about how i was feeling or and you know i i think that growing up in chaos and kind of having all this stuff happen all at once. And I was growing. I mean, I, yeah. I was developmental time of your I, life. I needed that. I needed, I needed the skills and I needed be, to be taught certain things. And you just like things haven't always, I mean, my, my relationship with my mom hasn't always been a hundred percent. Yeah. And, I think we, we've worked through a lot of it now, and I love her to death. She, she's yeah. my mom, and, you know, and my relationship with Aunt Diane hasn't always been, and I, I think I built up a lot of resentment. And once yeah. I could finally talk to um, these people and say, listen, this is where I'm coming from, and this is what I know because of what I've seen, and this is how I feel about you because of how I've been treated. Yeah. And after having those conversations, I finally began to realize that I was holding resentment. And I think that the key to letting that go and to building new relationships was to just talk. 
it's okay to just, you know, talk about it. Yeah. Talk to each other and say, listen, this happened and I felt like you, you kind of left me behind, you know, I, mm-hmm. and that's why I'm so grateful because I have my sisters who I, I do feel like I can talk to them, you know, yeah. and they're really, they've been the core the centerpiece of me and I have traits from both Jesse and Jackie mm-hmm. and I, I value them so much. Yeah. I've, and that's where I, I've got a nephew and I just like that. He is the love of my life, honestly, like mm-hmm. and him and I'm going to have a niece and yeah. I love them unconditionally. I mean, it's just, you never, you don't know what it's, I loved my sisters unconditionally, and now I have these two little ones who, look, they're going to look up to every single thing you do, and mm-hmm. you really think about the unconditional love, and how you want them to, you want them to feel that love, and yeah. you want to have those connections, and life is too short to not have those connections, and that's where I, I look back at my childhood, and I, I and then I see these kids and I think I, I gotta be there. There's no way. Yeah. I, these moments are too precious. Yeah. I, I know we had a conversation too. Um, and I think it would be maybe your perspective or just have this conversation. I know you've thought about just with the mental health issues that you're going through and, um, Mm -hmm. have experienced in the, the question about kids um, and passing, you know, some of our things, our mental health issues on. Um, I know that that's been a question of yours. Do you mind speaking to that at all? Yeah. So um, my boyfriend and I, we've talked about kids whenever we get married and stuff. And you think you talk about the names and. Yeah. My biggest fear was um, passing my mental illness or there's mental illness on his side of the family as well. And I just, I always get scared. Like we, we talk about it and I always say, Kyle, I'm just so scared because I would never want to put another individual through these mental illness problems that I have had. And there's no cure there's no, there's no cure yeah is what i always say and it's he you know kyle is just a go with the flow kind of guy so he always says it'll be fine you know what it i promise you they'll be fine yeah and that's always his response so yeah <laughs> it'll always be fine we'll always figure it out yeah and you will and and for me, it's just a, it's a really raw thing because I, I just would never wish this, wish this mental illness, the mental illness problems, the mental illness stigma on another individual. Because yeah. the moment, I mean, the moment I say I have anxiety, well, then I'm, I have issues, you know? Right. And I think that we're, we're coming a, a long way with that. Mm-hmm. And trying to get away from that stigma, but I mean that's your child, and um, I yeah. just don't know if I. I always get scared. Like, could I live with myself if, 
if something like my child had something wrong or my child and yet these are I think these are thoughts that a lot of parents have in general or soon to be parents but mine particularly was the mental illness yeah and that's my biggest fear yeah and I don't think that there's any obviously there's no solving it or there's no one knows I mean you, yeah. you don't know but yeah. I think that providing the family support and the love we can we can do this you know we can mm-hmm. I think that we can fight through the mental illness and I think that our kids will know I don't my biggest thing is I don't want to show them like I want them to know about mental illness and stuff I just don't want them to learn these behaviors from me that I'm constantly worried or you constantly need to worry about things. And so I think that that's essential where I have a lot of growing to do and a lot of thinking to do. And before I do have children. Yeah. And I think that it'll come with age, especially I, you know, only 19, but you're a smart, you're a very smart woman. And when that time comes, you and and Kyle or whoever you know that you decide to have children with, you guys will be able to figure that out and make yeah. those decisions in the best way. And and at the end of the day, Grace, if you have kids, we're all going to be super excited for you. And if you choose yeah. not to, I know at least for myself, I'm going to respect you just as much um, mm-hmm. for not. And and that's a choice that you get to make, you know and. And for everyone else out there that maybe is, maybe you've thought about it, maybe you're having similar thoughts, or maybe you have kids and you have gone through some similar things and you're worried about those things, you're going to figure it out. Um, Yeah, and I actually watched an episode, um, I watched Teen Mom religiously because that that (laughs) was a thing when I was like, I mean, I watched that since I was in elementary because my sisters watched 16 and Pregnant, so, (laughs) (laughs) so, and um, one of the children they're now 10 is having panic attacks and they think it's anxiety well her mom has anxiety yeah and i sobbed i mean i just yeah sobbed because i thought about all the struggles that child is going going to possibly have to go through yeah and you know it's not certain that you're it's not certain that my kid will have anxiety because I have anxiety, but it's a possibility, you know, and it's something to think about when you do go to think about having kids and where I, I mean, I'm 19, but I am getting to the age where I mean, a lot of people my age are having kids Yeah. and you think about it and yeah, you're having that conversation and it doesn't, regardless of the fact that you're 19, you're you're talking about it and i think that it's mm-hmm. important you're having that conversation now and um it it's why is it something you're not allowed to talk about just because you're 19 right um, i think it's important doesn't mean that you want to have kids tomorrow or um or next year maybe you do and maybe you don't i don't know but Regardless, it's not the point. The point is, is I, I think it's important to talk about. It. I think you're you're a very smart woman, 
and you're having these conversations with the man that you love and someone you care about. And I think that that's really key and not shutting him out, but allowing him to be a part of that conversation, I think is, is really cool. Right. And I think that that's where our key, just talking, you know, every talk things out. Um, I know when things start to get bad, I, I close off, I shut down, Mm -hmm. you know, and I think that talking talking and working things out speak it be about it you know mm-hmm. talk and that's where you find your solutions i most of the time i find my solutions after i i talk it out i yeah. sit there and i talk it out and i think that that's where our, our therapy and our counseling comes in yep yep well grace i have really enjoyed this conversation i think it's been great um i think we'll thanks wrap, for having me yeah i think we'll wrap things up here um i know you've kind of you've said it throughout you said it in the beginning um but i want to give you opportunity to just speak to the people that maybe are going through similar things that you are um what advice do you have what what would you want them to know what would you what would you want to hear if you were just starting out in this world of mental health? Um, and what would you want to hear? What would you want people to know? I, I think the biggest thing is you're not alone. You know, there are people you can talk to. You can reach out to me. You can reach out to Shane. You can reach out to your best friend. And there are ways out. We will find a way out in, you know, there is someone, someone that loves you. Um, I think that that was the biggest thing for me was knowing that I was, someone loved me and um, someone cared about me and that you're not, there's nothing wrong with you. Yep. There's not a single thing wrong with you. You are who you are and you can't help that. Um, and it's okay to not be okay. Yeah. That's my biggest thing I always say is it's okay to have a bad day. Everyone has a bad day. Yeah. And it's a, you might have a bad week, (laughs) but let's try to have a good week next week, you know? Yep. And so those are the key things like you're loved and you always have someone to talk to, but whether you watch this podcast or you know, you see it on our social media pages or whatever, you can reach out to any, either one of us, you know, we're here and, um, follow my journey, trying to be counselor, you know, we'll see where, see where it takes me and just know that we're here and you're loved. Yeah, absolutely. You really are. Absolutely. Grace, I love you. Love you too. You are... Um, you know, I, I told you this before, but you're enough just as you are. And my heart feels very full right now. So thank you very much. Thanks for being vulnerable. Thanks for sharing your story. Um, let us know if you're listening, please let us know, um, you know, if, if this story resonates with you at all or reach out to us, let us know, uh, start a discussion and let's, let's talk about it. But thank you, Grace. I love you very much. And love you too. 
I am so grateful to have you on the podcast. Everybody out there, I love you as well. Like I said, reach out to us. Let us know um, how this story, how mental health maybe impacts you uh, in your day-to-day life. Again, love you guys. Take it easy.